So Lord, I pray for that. Lord, I'm prepared to go off track if that's what you want. Lord, we want to hear your voice. Uh, we know that your presence is here, Lord, and, uh, and I pray even now that you'd increase the expectation of what you can do. Lord, like the, like the flooding that happened yesterday, the rains came down. Um, anything can happen at any moment, and I pray that you'd increase our expectation. Even now, you'd increase our hope that, that you are God overall, that you, uh, you can and you have stretched out your hand that you uh, do heal, that you do transform, that you, that you did give Elijah a bit of bread that sustained him for 40 days, that Jesus, you are the bread of life and we can have abundant life in you. Increase our expectation this morning. Increase our expectation, Lord. And I, and I pray, Lord, uh, that for us, Father, that you would, you would meet with each person that's here, God, and we would know your presence and we'd know your love and you draw us into your embrace, Lord, and into your life. Amen. So uh, this morning, um, Anna, Anna sent us a message. Uh, my sister Anna sent us a message, and it's from um, Psalm 145. And I just want to read that part to you. Uh, it says, um, in Psalm 145, um, reading from four, uh, verse 14, The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. And like this, I think the part of the promise that I just want to read out is like um, God, God lifting, lifting us up. If you, if you are bowed down this morning, then the Lord here is, to, uh, is here to lift you up, is to lift you up. And so uh, as... Um, We've been journeying through the book of Exodus. Like we, I think we opened it up a couple of months ago now, and um, we opened the book of Exodus because God uh, came and He set the people of Israel free from slavery to lead them into the wilderness to meet with them. So they were like they were the chosen people of God, and and He was leading them into the wilderness so that they would encounter His presence and to actually host His presence in their midst. And uh, you know, we felt that the um, Lord, drawing us into the story, the book of Exodus, so that like them, um, sometimes we might, we might, uh, you know, we might have come to faith in God, we might be a, a person of God, but we, He's calling us to encounter His presence as well. And so we kind of go into Exodus and we go, what can we learn from the story from you know, two and a half, no, three, four thousand years ago? What can we learn from that that we can uh, we, that we can also encounter the presence of of the Lord and to and to really discover uh, the the immensity of who He is? Again, a word that was coming to, coming to me during the worship time was almost like the Lord saying to us, "You haven't you've barely begun to scratch the surface of what it means to worship." That's interesting, eh? Sometimes we feel like we've got it all figured out. With worship, we go, oh, okay, we come into church and we're just going to sing these songs and that's our worship. But I felt the Lord saying, you've barely begun to scratch what it means to worship. And our worship comes at a revelation of who he is, a revelation of his, of his presence. And so I think there's an invitation there to go, Lord, I want to go deeper into worship. I want to understand more of who you are and the truth of who you are. So anyway, we're tracking in Exodus. We're tracking in Exodus. And... Um, <clears throat> If you know the story at all, you know how the Israelites they they kind of like they, they kind of flip flop around, and so the Lord like reveals Himself to them. Uh, there's signs and there's wonders. There's there's incredible things that happen, and they kind of they flip flop. 
and they're like they see something they see something amazing that he that he does um I'm going to have to like be going back and forth from uh, my notes a little bit. So in Exodus, um, Exodus 3, the Lord is, is meeting with uh, Moses at the burning bush, and um, Moses is pretty unsure about everything. He goes to the Lord like, uh, who shall I say sent me? And, and the Lord says, well, I am with you. And then Moses keeps going. He goes, uh, so Moses has this like divine mission. Okay, I've just got to set the scene a little bit. Because remember, Moses, uh, has, he's now an 80-year-old shepherd in the wilderness. He hasn't been in Egypt for 40 years. And, and now the Lord's saying to him, I want you to go back into Egypt and I want you to lead the people of Israel out from there. And not only that, but I want you to go to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and I want you to tell him um, you know, to set my people free. And you think of some and think about, oh, that's, kind of, that's quite challenging to go back. I mean, 40 years he hasn't been in, in, in Egypt. Go back, and now you're going to lead those people. Like those people won't even know him if they still remember him. And so, of course, he's got these doubts. And he goes, then, then Moses answers, chapter 4. But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they'll say, the Lord did not appear to you. This is, uh, sounds like a, a reasonable, a reasonable um, um, excuse. And then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put it inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put it back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground, and the water you shall take from the Nile will become blood on, on the dry ground. And so this is what happens. Moses then goes back to the people of Israel and, and he performs these signs, right? So throw, a, throw your staff on the ground, it turns, into a, it turns into a serpent, picks it up, the serpent becomes a staff again, puts his hand into his, into his jacket, comes out, and it's white, white with leprosy, a skin condition, diseased. Puts it back in, comes out, healed. Takes a cup of water from the Nile River, tips it on the ground, and it becomes blood. And then, and then it says in... At the end of chapter 4, he did the signs in the sight of the people, and the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he'd seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. So they saw these signs, and they believed. The signs are there so that they would believe. And then, they, and then sort of this realization, the Lord, the Lord has heard our cries. You know, as Sam and Etsy has said, they've been enslaved and they've been in Egypt for 400 years. The Lord has heard their cries. He's with them. Emmanuel, he's with them. And so they bow their heads and worship. And they, they're worshiping with, uh, I think, out of relief. God has heard us. And they're also worshiping because of this promise that God's going to lead them out of slavery. And so then uh, Moses and uh, a bunch of the, the leaders of Israel go to Pharaoh and they say, Pharaoh, the Lord has told us uh, that we need to go into the wilderness for three days 
We need to go into the wilderness to, to meet with the Lord, to worship the Lord in the wilderness. And I think they went with expectation that God was going to deliver them then and there. It was going to be, this is it. This is it. God's with us. We're out of here. We're out of the stink place, this oppression. And what happens is Pharaoh's like, nah, forget about it. Forget about it. I don't know. I don't know your God. I don't respect what you're doing. I don't want to, I don't want to let my slaves go. He says, like, no, forget about it. Instead, what's going to happen is um, uh, there's going to be an increased burden on you. It actually says, um, he goes, get back to your burdens. And he says, behold, the people of the land are now many. And, uh, oh, sorry. Um, and he goes, he goes to the taskmasters of the people, the people, the slave, you know, the, the people that oversaw the slaves. And he goes, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks that they make in the past, you shall impose on them. You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. And so, he make this, so they've got to work harder now. They've got to work harder. And their response to that, their right response to that is, oh, no. We thought that God was with us. We thought that he was going to deliver us, and actually he's made it a whole lot worse. And they like, they're just so upset with him. They said to Moses, the Israelites said to Moses, the Lord look on you and judge you because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hands to kill us, right? So you talk about like highs and lows. They kind of have this encounter with God, they see his signs, God's with them, God's going to deliver us. Oh, shoot, you made us stink in, in the sight of Pharaoh. Fail, fail well, I'm giving up now. And so, so then, and then so that God says to Moses, now you should see what I'm going to do. And he says, for with a strong hand, I'm going to deliver them. With a strong hand, I'm going to, I'm going to lead them out of this land. And we get to this phrase that's really caught my attention in the last week. And this is what I think that the, the Lord is um, you know, wanting me to go down this morning. It says uh, in 6, So Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen because of their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. Now they gave up just like that. You can understand it. I can understand it. They've been enslaved for so long. And then they, and then they kind of get their hopes picked up. Oh, God is with us. God's going to lead us out from this land, and we're going to be free again. And then at the first hurdle, like the first confrontation with Pharaoh, the Lord fails them, fails their expectations. And it says because of their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. And so we see in this journey, uh, like um, it happens time and time again. So then, so then the Lord does reveal Himself, he, uh, and we're going to get to this in a few weeks. Eventually, we'll get to it when He finally leads them to slavery. But uh, there's the He reveals His hand through the ten plagues, and they see His mighty hand. They see these incredible signs and wonders, and then and He leads them out from leads them out from that land and they've even passed through a river on dry land this river that's like pushed up against the banks and then they sing the song of worship when they get to the other side because of what the Lord has done they've seen what he's done and then a few days later 
They haven't had any water for a few days. And then they're like, oh, man, Moses, you've led us out here to die. And you can see how quickly it kind of goes from being, we see these signs, we've seen God is with us. Now God is not with us, you know? And it's because of this, because of their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. Their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. And I feel like the Lord wants us to hear that he, he knows of our broken spirit. He knows of our harsh slavery because we too waver. We're like him. And another picture I was having during worship was of how um, I'm not a surfer, but I have tried boogie boarding. And uh, if you want to talk about surfing, you should talk to Dad about his glory days. Eh? <laughs> You're ready to talk about it, eh, Dad? It really is. And my surfers, what they do is they um, they go out into the sea and they and they wait there, and then a wave comes in, and if it's the right kind of wave, then they catch it, and if it's the wrong kind of wave, then they just sit there and they wait for the next one. And they go out and they wait, and they wait, and they wait. And I, I'm not, I don't really like surfing because I, I, I get too cold and I, and I give up. So they wait. And then they catch the wave and they have a great time. Ride the wave in. And then there's other people who are like me. And we kind of go out and we wait for a bit. And it's like, oh, this, is, this is a bit lame. I'm, I'm giving up. I'm going to go and sit on the beach. And, uh, and then you ask me about surfing. You go, oh, James, um, have you tried surfing? And I go, yeah, I gave it a go, but it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. And, the, and the, the picture is of how there's these waves, there's these waves of, of what God does in our lives and in, our, in generations, across generations in history, waves of his spirit. And some people catch, catch that wave and then they ride it and it's incredible, absolutely life-changing. And, they, and, uh, and other people, they won't, they won't catch that wave because they've given up waiting for the wave of the spirit. Does this kind of making sense? We can, be, uh, we can be out there in the sea going, God, I believe you. I'm waiting for your wave, and the wave doesn't happen. Or there's a little wave, and, or it's not what we expect. And we're like, okay, I give up now. I still believe in you, God, but I just don't believe you're going to do anything. It's because of a broken spirit. Broken spirit. Because we come under, um, we come under the harsh slavery, like the, what culture throws at us all the time. And I feel like at the moment the Lord's saying, uh, he's, be still and know that I am God. Wait and be poised. Prepare yourself. Wait. And not only that, but the, the surfers that are out waiting for the wave, they've got, they've got a hope and expectation that the wave is going to come. That the wave is going to come eventually. And they might have to wait. We might have to wait for a wee while. And I felt like the Lord kind of showing me that almost like every Sunday that we gather, every Sunday that we gather is, a, is potential for catching the wave. Every single Sunday. And uh, not only that, but every time that we offer to pray for people, every time that we go, do you want to come up the front? Do you want to see breakthrough in your life? Do you want to experience healing? There's an opportunity to catch the wave. And again, like I felt, I felt a, a gentle rebuke. Because of that sense of like giving up. Oh, but Lord, I've had prayer before and nothing happened. Why should I go up there and get prayer again? Why should I put myself out there, Lord? I desperately want breakthrough in my life, but I'm not actually desperate enough to go and stand at the front of church. That's just an example, right? 
I'm not desperate enough to have other people gather around and pray for me, to pray into my situation. Or we have that once, and then nothing happens. It's like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen. Because, because we have this expectation, nothing changes, nothing changes. And then we see the rains coming down like yesterday, and you know, a flood can happen at any time. And I feel like it's this real strong, actually, like to go, don't give up. Hold on, hold on. Lift up your eyes. If you, if you want a sign from God, this was actually going to be my message this morning. I had the world's best intro. I'm just going to go back to it. I can't. Oh God, I've got to say it. I've got to tell them my intro. <laughs> a, a prophet from 20 years ago sang, my loneliness is killing me and I, I must confess, I still believe <laughs> When I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. That was a good intro, yeah. <laughs> but this is what I think that the Lord's saying. Yeah, ask, come back to that place, that place of, like a humble place of asking him, asking him for, for a sign in your life, looking for the breakthrough in your life. And um, in Revelation uh, there's this repeated message to the church, uh, to the churches. A repeated message, and it comes in uh, chapter 2. There's this revelation that's a, a, a prophetic revelation to these different churches, and at the end of each passage it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm just going to read some of them. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The next one. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. And Sam and Nancy talk about like I'm bringing a profound message this morning. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden mana. I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who hears it. So far, it's all been about conquering. That speaks to me of actually like facing a battle, facing a difficulty, and being willing to con- being willing to go up against that thing. Maybe even time and time again. The next one, I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him let him hear what the Spirit says. To the churches. The next one, he, the one who conquers, will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out from the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The next one, the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write, I will write him on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my in the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven, out, comes down from God out of heaven, and my new and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then to the last one. Behold, <laughs> behold, capital vineyard, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant with him to sit with me on my throne 
as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I felt like the Lord saying that to me. He who has an ear, let he who has an ear, let him or her hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm like, Lord, that's what that's where I want to be. Hearing what your spirit is saying to the churches. Hearing what your spirit is saying to us. What are you saying to us, Lord? What are you saying to us, Lord? And I felt like the Lord saying, I want you to open up yourself before them. <laughs> In other words, I have to be vulnerable before you today. So I've been talking about giving up, really, giving up, believing in God, but not really believing. What's that, what's that verse from um, you know, the father who wanted his son healed? I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe you, God. Help my unbelief. And so I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk to you about my boy. So uh, Eli was born three and a bit months ago. And, um, ah, sorry, I don't want to get emotional. Um, but before he was born, we were having, the, having scans, ultrasound scans, and, um, and it revealed something going on in his head. Um, an abnormality, right? So then, so then we had more scans. We have to go into Wellington Hospital, get special scans, and, and we see these abnormalities. And I was like, Lord, like, what's going on here? Like, my, my, everything had been going well, like te- you know, Tessa's pregnancy and everything. Like, everything had been going well. Like, what, what is going on? And just sort of like feeling that massive like, um, anxiety. What if, what if my boy's not right? <laughs> what if my boy doesn't develop normally? You know, those fears. Just really... Anxious, really, uh, really, really sad about it all. And uh, one night, I um, went down to the supermarket, uh, mighty pack and save of Patoni, and I was driving back up the hill. And it was one of those, you know, we uh, we have so many rainbows over the city of Wellington. Uh, rainbows are a sign from God. If you see rainbows, just think, what what are you saying to me right now, God? Rainbows are a sign. So I saw these rainbows. I was like, "Look, oh, that's pretty." Lord, think that's a cool rainbow. And then, and uh, and but just completely out of the blue, like I felt like God saying to me, "I don't want you to worry about your baby." I didn't know our baby was going to be a boy or a girl. I don't want you to. I don't want you to worry. And I was, I was like, "But Lord, I, I had this sort of like argument. It's my responsibility to worry. I'm his dad. I'm his. I'm I'm the dad. It's my responsibility. If I don't if I don't worry, then I'm not being a responsible parent here." And I felt like this thing, do not, do not, I do not want you. It was a command. I do not want you to worry about this. And, the, and then the sense of, um, okay, okay, well, this is a command from God, and it, and it stacks up with the Scriptures. Okay, if you ever want to know if God's speaking to you, make sure it stacks up the Scriptures. I do not want you to worry. How many times in the Bible does God say, do not worry? A million times. <laughs> Exaggerating, but I guess if the word of you know, if, if God says something, then it is eternal. I do not want you to worry, so I'm like, okay, God, I, I, I do, I'll try to be obedient, but really, you've got to, you're going to have to grace me in this because it's not my natural um, inclination to not be anxious. And so, so then, uh, then, then I did, I didn't. I, I felt like this, this peace that passes all understanding. Would go and have the scans. And that's that still show the same thing. I'd, I'd be going to the scans, going, Lord, I'd, I want to see something different. And it was still the same thing. And then Eli was born, 
and a beautiful, beautiful moment. And um, because of these scans, it meant that um, it meant that there there had to be present in their pediatricians, like ready to ready to check him out. And he's born and. <laughs> Funny story. When a baby is born by a cesarean, often they will like lift the baby up over this little curtain so that you can you can see them. But it's also to you know to so you know what if they're male or female. And so the first thing they they lift up my baby boy, and the first thing I'm looking at is not his face. <laughs> my first memory. But then I look at then I look, but then I look at his, at his head, and I can see that his head's not. His head's not. His head's not right, and um, so. And so there was part of me who was like, "Oh my goodness, I'm so I'm so stoked to have my boy's been born today. I'm so stoked with this. I'm so happy, but what's going to happen now? And man, just stuff has happened the last three months. Mental. I don't know how many hospital appointments we've had actually. Appointment after appointment, specialist after specialist, and so. Okay, he tells you to be open. You've got to do it, eh? So, so we want breakthrough in our life, right? We want breakthrough. We want him to be healed. It's like, okay, what am I? What are we willing to do to see breakthrough in our life? And um, and and Tessa and I, we thought, oh well, last week there was this fellow coming coming through town, um, and he had these revival meetings out in Lower Hut, and then on Sunday night he had um. A special celebration service happening at Hope Centre, and so we thought, well, we wanted to go along, and the main reason we wanted to go along is so that our boy could be prayed for. And so we'd go along, and it was a really incredible evening. I think just, man, if you are desperate for God, really, seriously, if you want to encounter with God, and you hear stories of, of someone coming through, and I know that you've been through stuff before. I know that many of you have been Christians for a long time. I know that you've been disappointed. I know you've been let down. I know stuff happens that freaks you out. But when you hear stories, there's a person, there's a, an anointed person, and you go, I want to be touched. I want to experience more of God. Then, then think about it. Think about it. What do you want? And so we went along. We took our boy. And, uh, and people were getting prayed for at, at, for the front for different things. And, um, and we didn't take Eli up to get prayed for. And why not? Quite honestly, I think um, self-conscious. Didn't want to go up and make a scene. They were praying about something else. Yeah, they were praying about something else. I thought maybe now's not the time to get our boy prayed for. I'm like, just feel so convicted about that. This morning I wanted to come and preach to you and go, we've got to lift up our eyes, we've got to see what God's doing, and I feel so convicted because I don't do it myself. And I want my boy to be made whole. You know, to um, continue with that story a little bit, we met with a neurosurgeon, we met with a plastic surgeon during the week, and they said he's going to have to have an operation in a month, skull surgery. And then a few months later, more surgery. And then a few years later, more surgery. It's like, God... I, I'm not worried about him because God's told me not to worry. But I want to see breakthrough in, in Eli's life. I want to see God's hand at work, right? Okay, so God says to us, this is not, I don't want to talk about Eli. So one more thing about Eli. We named him Eli, Eli William. Because of the psalm, part of the reason was the psalm, that, the psalm of ascent, which says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So we named him that prophetically, going, I know that he's going to have challenges. 
to face, but I want him to be a man that lifts up his eyes to God, for God's uh, breakthrough. And then his name, William, actually that was less prophetic at the time, is because my middle name's William. It turns out it means willful helmet. It's, it comes from German, willful helmet. I'm like, God, this is funny as. Like we're talking about a skull. I want my boy to have a willful helmet. Eli, I want him to lift up his eyes, you know? So after the service, um, we'll pray for Eli. That's one thing. Okay, so, um, but if, we're just going to come back to this. The people of Israel had a broken spirit. We can be people of God and have a broken spirit. You know, life brings its like curveballs. It brings its turns. It brings its disappointments. We go and pray to God. Nothing happens. We, other people are experiencing God and, and they feel stuff and we don't feel anything. We go, okay, I give up then. I believe, but I don't believe. And I feel like the Lord's saying, you can bring that to God. That's not, there's nothing wrong with saying, I believe, but I don't believe. But the, but the man in that story in the, New, in the New Testament, he had faith because he's like, help me with my unbelief then, Lord. Help me with my unbelief. Psalm 51 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will, not dis- you will not despise. We can bring our broken spirit, our crushed spirit to him. O oh God, you will not despise it. Psalm 147 says, he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isaiah 61, speaking of the year of the Lord's favor, and it says, and I'm going to read this one twice from two different parts of the Bible, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to, bro- to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Jesus is the fulfillment of this. And he says, when he began his ministry, the Spirit of God is upon me. The Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what God does. We bring our broken spirit to him. We bring our crushed spirit to him. We bring our, our unbelief to him. The people in the, in the New Testament, you read them, they're so desperate to meet with God that they'll do anything to get in his face, to get before Jesus. We say we're desperate for an encounter with God. We say we're desperate for breakthrough in our life, but we're often not even willing to come forward at the end for prayer or for ministry time. Or in my case, like, um, you know, I said, I, I want to see breakthrough in my son Eli's life, but I was not even willing to take my son forward for prayer last Sunday night. Thankfully, God does not look at that and go, oh, you've, you, you missed your chance. This is, this, is not a, this is not a message about missing the chance. This is a story about, again, an invitation. Every Sunday, an invitation, not just on Sundays, any, every moment we see a sign in the skies, we see a rainbow. There's an invitation there. Look for the signs. Look for what God is saying, an invitation to come, into, to come into his promise and into his blessing. And that's what Jesus did, and that's what Jesus still does. He takes our brokenness, and he, and he makes us whole. He takes our broken spirits, and he meets us there. 
So we give up, we can look, give up looking for God. I prayed for healing, nothing happened. I asked God to reveal himself and nothing happened, so we give up. We define, we define what God's we define what God's presence is going to look like. We define, we make, okay. Okay, if God, if God is moving, this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to look. Or we pray, you know, sometimes you do this when you're trying to manipulate somebody. If you really love me, then you would, whatever. If you really love me, God, then you'll heal my son. You'll heal my boy. No, no, that's not our, that's not our approach to God. Lord, if, if you really love me, then please meet me in this place. Then please, you know, I, God has blessed me with um, sort of not worrying about Eli, and I want to see breakthrough. If, if Eli's not healed, it doesn't mean that God is not up to, up to you know, his hands on his work, but I want to encounter God, and I want him to encounter God. So if God begins working in different ways or that we, that, uh, we, with ways that we're not used to, what if he speaks through the wrong people? He sometimes speaks through our enemies, you know, it's true. <laughs> he sometimes speaks to us through our enemies. The Pharisees, uh, God, Jesus rebukes them for looking for a sign uh, because he'd been already doing all these incredible signs, healing people, feeding people, setting people free, calming the storm, raising people from the dead. And then they, then they come to him and they ask for a sign and he goes, you wicked and adulterous generation for seeking a sign because he'd already been giving signs. They're just not willing to, not willing to see it. I think the Lord is saying to us this morning, you go, what are, what are the signs? What are the things in your history? What's your testimony? How did you come to faith if you, if you have come to faith? What's your story? What's your testimony? Lift up your eyes. Give him our full attention. We are, he's calling us to give him our full attention, our full affections, our adoration, our time, to listen for his voice, to pay attention to his whispers, to keep our eyes open for his signs, to, to ask for signs, to pray for healing and to continue ha- uh, praying for healing, for praying for deliverance and continue asking for deliverance, for praying for breakthrough and continue, keep going for it. There's only encouragement in the Bible for the people that nag God for the breakthrough. Only encouragement to keep going for it. To him who conquers, right? Conquering doesn't come easy. Man, provision. We need provision in our life. Oh, I, prayed, I prayed, Lord, that you would uh, give me a job, and he doesn't give us a job. So that's okay. All right, so we've got a choice in those moments. Do we keep going for it? Do we keep going for it? Peace, joy, freedom, love, all of the good things that God has for us. I really feel like uh, for, for our church, and I think this is not just our church, but it's what the Spirit is saying to our church, but almost like there's a fresh move of God coming. I know we've heard it before. It doesn't make it any less true. There's a fresh move of, com- of God coming, and he's calling us to, uh, like, to uh, prepare ourselves to be poised, to be ready and waiting, to be, to be willing and humble to, to keep coming to keep coming to that place uh, of asking for whatever it is, for healing, for ministry, for whatever it is, to keep our expectations high, and, or to bring our unbelief and go, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And really, I, um, just this kind of strong sense of like, 
you know, f- for me too, and for the leaders of this church to go um, any moment, hey, almost like to keep stepping out on the water, to keep stepping on the water. Okay, God, we actually need you to step into this situation now. We need you to break through. Culture's a bit hairy. There's things going on which are, um, which are challenging, not just culture. In all, all of the world, challenging things. Okay, what's your spirit doing? I feel like was the uh, the sense of like as the almost like as the spirit of the world increases or uh, becomes more apparent, but that the spirit of the God spirit of God is also up to things. We sang about it this morning. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Look for signs of the invisible God. Give me a sign. Hit me, Jesus, one more time. <laughs> It's true, right? <laughs> this, this is what we do, eh? This is my man. I'd like just keep coming to keep coming to church and keep looking for the expectation that's every week this is what we're gonna be looking for. God, what is he doing? What are you doing this morning? A few weeks ago, um I felt like the Lord saying to us, or saying to me, he's going, Keep looking for signs of my presence. Keep looking for signs of my presence. Where God's presence is, there is signs of his presence. It's not, an imag- it's not imaginary. Keep looking for signs. All right, so we do it. <laughs> well, why don't, you, why don't we stand, stand together? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. Thank you for the way that you, you're always with us. Thank you, Lord, for the promises, our testimonies, Lord. Thank you for the way that you've, you've drawn us into, into a relationship with you, into eternal life with you. Thank you that you say, seek and you'll find. Thank you that you knock, you knock on, on the doors of our hearts and you're looking for people that will open the door and let you in. Thank you, Lord, for that constant invitation. Come, Holy Spirit, now. Come, Holy Spirit, now, Lord. You said, uh, you know, this morning, that you want to strengthen the weary this morning and to lift those who are bowed down. To strengthen the weary, to lift those who are bowed down. To bind up the brokenhearted. To restore those with, with a broken spirit. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you work among us, Lord? Lord, would we see signs of signs of your presence, signs of your goodness? If these are things that you want, I encourage you to like reach out to him with your hands. Reach out to him. Like take those steps I talked before about are we are we desperate enough to do anything really? So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, you see, you see the ones that are here among us, like hungry, Lord, desperate for your touch, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Increase what you're doing, Lord. Increase what you're doing, God. Increase what you're doing. Come. Come. We rest in your presence, Lord. We open up our hearts to you today, God, to meet with you, God. Lord, where we've actually given up, uh, praying or looking for the breakthrough in our life, where we feel like this is just this is just the way it is, with uh, with sickness or diagnosis of diseases in our life, we get that's the way it is. No, 
You are the God over all of that. You're the name above all names that is named. Come Holy Spirit. Where there's things in our family where we've kind of given up looking for the breakthrough or praying for the breakthrough. Lord, bring the change now, God. Lift up our eyes to see you, Father. You are the miracle worker, God. Sometimes you're the one that does things in spite of our, in spite of ourselves. And yet you say, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And I looked at a mustard seed the other day, and they're tiny. They really are. They're tiny. So come, Holy Spirit. 